This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Hey, this morning we're going to start an exciting new series called, Is This It or Is There More? Have you ever wanted something? Maybe you longed for something and you went on pursuit in attempts to find it. And when you finally saw it, you asked yourself the question, is this it or is there more? Maybe it was a relationship that you desired to have and you were looking for the right person to do life with. And maybe, guys, you finally mustered up enough faith to go ask that beautiful lady in church to ask her, to go out on a date. You finally go out on the date and you drive away and you're thinking maybe that there would be some more relationship that could happen and maybe you could maybe go out again and you ask yourself this question, you know, is this it or is there there more? Maybe you're the lady and you're you're standing on the front porch and he drives off and you're thinking, is this it or (laughs) is there more, right? Maybe you went out to a restaurant, shaved up all your money, wanted to take your wife out to a beautiful date, and you go to the most uh, expensive restaurant in town. Maybe you go out to this beautiful French restaurant, and finally the main course comes out, and they bring out the plate, and it's like a a one-ounce filet mignon, one asparagus, one carrot, and some squiggly stuff. I don't even know what you call that stuff. And you look at the plate and you look at the waiter and say, is, is this it or is, is there more? Come on, say it with me. Is there more, right? Maybe you thought, listen, I'm going to go on a vacation. You save every dime. I mean, you don't eat out for months. And you, you finally buy the tickets. You get on the plane. You, you take your family. You get off the plane, get to the rental car. You go out to the resort and you pull up and you say, is this it or is, is there more? That actually happened to my wife and I. When we were younger, we saved up every penny that we had, and we were going to go to Mexico, a a town outside of uh, Puerto Vallarta. It's called Barra de Navidad. And uh, we were real excited about this place. And so we loaded up our kids, and we loaded up uh, my uh, brother-in-law, my sister, and, and their one child at the time, and we all got into a VW Golf, eight of us. You do the math here, four in the front, four in the back, stack them up. We thought it was a 20-minute drive. It turned out to be a three-hour drive. Suitcases in the trunk and tied to the top. And we're pulling down, we're we're getting to the road, and there's a little sign that says, Barro de Navidad, and it points down a dirt road. There's a little rooster crowing, some trash burning, and we looked at each other and we said, is this it or is there more? I can tell you the truth. That was it. <laughs> that was just it. Just a bunch of roosters crowing some chickens that we got to eat for dinner that night. And, but it was a memorable, memorable trip. How about relationships? How about when you walked into a church like this? Maybe there was something going on in your world. Maybe you're here and you're new today. Maybe you're listening online and you're wondering, how do I find relationships that seem to bring a sense of belonging. 
begin to think about this idea. How do I find a place where I really feel accepted and loved? And maybe a place where I can grow spiritually and connect relationally and discover my purpose and make a difference. Maybe you show up here and you ask yourself the question, is this it? Or is there more? You know, the reality is, every single person in this place, everybody listening online, those of you up in North Sound, we all desire that in our life. We all want relationship that matters, that's significant, that's healthy, that's authentic, that's life-giving. That's what this series is all about, is how do we find relationships like that in this mixed up, broken, confused, busy, self-centered, dysfunctional world? How do we, in the midst of all of that, find a place where we can meet with people and build relationships where my life really matters, that I can truly call people family? And so we're gonna take a different spin during this series over the next four weeks. I wanna talk about your relationship in context to the person next to you and the person on the other side of you. I want to look at how God designed you to be part of his family. And what you're going to discover in these four weeks together is that the only place where you can be full and complete in the way that God designed you to be is within the context of God's family. And so with that in mind, I want to look at the book of Ephesians this morning. And I want to look at a book that was written to a group of people just like you. It was written by a guy named Paul. He's in a prison cell. He's writing this particular letter, which we now call a book. He also wrote another one at the same time to the church, uh, the Colossians. And he's writing to a people that are immersed in a society that's just like America. The society there was very rich. It was wealthy. It attracted prominent, educated people. There was much political power. So it was a lot like America when it came to materialism and being able to have all of the conveniences of life. In the midst of all of their success, they also were very steeped in pursuing all different kinds of religions. The god Diana, if you will, who is kind of like worshiping Mother Earth, if you will, in, in today's terms, they were practicing witchcraft and sorcery and all different kinds of idols and gods. You look at America today and you look at all the different things that are going on and religions and gods and ideas, a lot like Ephesus. They also were very promiscuous. They're involved in every kind of sexual activity outside of traditional marriage. And so you have a snapshot of this particular city. It's much like where you and I live. And Paul decides to write a letter to many new Christians that begin to gather in this city that were having a challenge, just like you and just like me, when it comes to the area of relationships. And it's in this context that he's writing to them and he's saying, hey, listen, I want you to understand that your temptation to pursue the things of the world, your struggles, you're looking for places or looking for things in different places, I just want to let you know that maybe the reason why you're still struggling, feeling empty, lonely, hurting, is because 
you're not aligning your life relationally to the way that God built you. And so it's in this context that we're going to look at this series and this particular portion of Scripture, but I, I want to start by making a very bold statement. It's bold because I believe that it goes cross-grain to where our culture's at, but I can say it boldly because I believe it's actually biblical. Although it may not be popular, it still is true. And here's my statement. It's that the greatest place to cultivate a personal, authentic, life-giving relationship is in the church. Today we live in a time where people just kind of have made church like this option, this add-on, this idea that maybe once a month, maybe twice a month I'll slip in, slip out, get my little Jesus fix. But what Paul is saying to these Ephesians, he's saying, you've been living like this, and some of your challenges that you're facing is that you've allowed society, you've allowed culture, you've allowed the busyness and the temptations and other kinds of enticements to cause you to draw away from the very thing that's going to bring you authentic, life-giving, healthy relationship. It's called God's family. And so it's in this thought that Paul pens these words, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, and I want to read it from the ESV version. It's right in the center of this book that he begins to address an issue, and you see this laced throughout the entire book, this idea that Christ is the head, we're the body. We're eternally connected together. We were never intended to do life separate or alone. The person on your left and the person on your right is your brother and sister, and God created you to be covenantly, eternally connected to them. And it's in that that he says this. He says, we, speaking of us, Nudge your neighbor, say, I think he's talking to you. Come on. We, he says, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And he paints this picture. Now, a lot of us get this idea. We want to grow vertically. We want this relationship with God. We recognize that he brings us the peace and the joy and the strength and cleansing and forgiveness. So we want this vertical relationship, but he's saying this. The way that you can make that happen in its fullness is horizontally with the body. He's not separating the two. He says that your completeness in vertical relationship happens horizontally with the person that's sitting next to you and the person in front of you and the person behind you. And as you look at this scripture, he goes on and he says that from the whole body, and he gives four things, and this is where we're going with the four weeks, from whom the whole body is joined and held together, every joint with which it's equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that, and here's our goal and our desire, is that we are built up in love. That we're strengthened, that we grow, that we thrive, that we're healthy, that our life matters, that we can make a difference, that we're significant, that you have people you can trust and depend on. 
And so he, he talks about these four things, and I want you to see this in this diagram. Because what you see, what Paul is trying to show us, and it's laced throughout the New Testament, is the only way for you to find fullness and completeness. It starts with authentic relationships. And that's what Paul's saying in this scripture. He says that you are joined and held together. That you actually hold each other together. Your strength is in each other. It's like the redwoods down on the California coast. Those 300-foot giants, their root systems are some of the shallowest root systems in all of trees. But underneath the surface, those hundreds of trees, they interlock all of their roots and build entire miles of root systems so that when those Pacific storms come, those trees don't get knocked over. Why? It's because they're held and join together. When a storm comes your way, when a challenge comes your way, when sickness comes your way, when you're facing the trial of your life and you're wondering if anybody is there, you can turn around and say, I've got my church family. They're with me, they're helping me, they're praying for me, they're doing everything. That's God's intent. He says it has to start with authentic relationships. And as you build those, listen, it takes work. But as you build those, what you begin to do is you begin to thrive in a growing community. You actually begin to grow up. You begin to feel better about yourself. You begin to learn the word of God and prayer, and you feel like you want to serve. You've got surplus to give. All of a sudden, you begin to grow. You're no longer the person that has, that's looking to be fed, but you are feeding you're, you're the person that's not only just there to try to receive because you're so, going through such a trial. You're there to help person through the trial. And when you do that, you begin to experience a caring community. Paul says that every part, meaning every person, not the pastor, not the staff, that every part, and we'll talk about this next week, every part is working properly. Everybody devotes themselves, helps each other, prays for each other, cares for each other. And when you do that, you create an environment that is so contagious that thousands of people are waiting in line to get inside. You become a reaching community. Why? Is because everybody outside of the church says, you have exactly what I want and what I need. Can you please tell me how I can get my life together? And you go, let me just introduce you to my family. As Walter said, there may be a couple goofy people there. I'm goofy myself, as John Ortberg said. You know, everybody's normal till you get to know them. But the reality is, is we're just a bunch of people that love each other, that we, that we matter to each other. We're going to pray and care for each other. We're going to forgive each other. This is a place where everybody's welcome no matter what they're going through. We're not here to beat you up. We're here to lift you up and help you and pray for you. Why? So you can grow and so that you can thrive and so that you can be healthy the way that God intended you to be. I think that we should give Jesus a shout right there because I think that's a great design. Come on, guys, listen. City Bible Church, our family, it's not an institution. It's not an organization it's a family. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're family. You matter to me because you matter to God. When I think about that thought, I recognize that, listen, and this, this is kind of a newsflash for a lot of Americans today. Church isn't something you go to. It's something that you are. 
No, I'm going to wake up and go. You don't go to church. You are the church. Church was never been a place where you attend. It's a place where you belong. It's why we did just what we did this morning with these dozens of people up on the stage that are up here. They, they recognize this one thought is that this is a place to belong, not just attend. I can guarantee you that every single one of them have made this step. You watch in the next coming weeks and months, they'll begin to thrive and grow and they'll begin to build relationship. People will be praying for them and helping them with their needs. And you're gonna watch all of a sudden these people grow and going, wow, what happened there? They chose to decide the church wasn't a place to attend. It's a place to belong. God help us. Help us, like the Ephesians, help us break through this idea that somehow it's this 90-minute experience a couple times a month. God, help us to understand God had something in mind. And so this morning, just in the few minutes that we have, I, I want to look at the first thought that Paul was trying to communicate to us in Ephesians 4. How do we find authentic relationships in God's family? In order to really understand what God had in mind for you, is you have to realize that God himself created community. If you go back to the very beginning of time, Genesis chapter 1, first chapter of the first book, verse 26 it says this. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Right. It just sounds like a creation thought, but in it unpacks this idea of community. Right. The word God that you see, then God said, it's the actual Hebrew word that is Elohim, and it's a plural tense. It's not singular. Now, God is one, but God is three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And from the beginning of time, or excuse me, before the beginning of time, God dwelt in community. That's why it says that then God said, let us, not just let me, let us, God the Father, Son, let us who have always existed in community create people that live like us. And he says he's going to create you in his image, meaning that you're actually going to be a reflection of, a mirror, that you're actually going to be built with the need and the desire to commune. And when you look at this scripture, it's, it's important for us to understand that our very nature is to be communal. You can't live life without relationships. Put a baby on the stage right after being born, that baby's not gonna make it. It needs community, it needs family. You need family, you were created. That's why there's such this, this deep longing in you to want relationships. Why? Because God created you that way to long for it. Not just, listen, please, please catch this. Not just any relationship. Biblically-based, purpose-driven relationships within his family. 
That doesn't mean you can't have relationships with people in the neighborhood and marketplace. God wants you to do that. I have plenty of them. But where you find the fulfillment and where you thrive best is when you recognize the strength and the value and the purpose of the relationships that are around you right now. So God created community. Not only did he create community, but you have to understand this this thought. And, And Paul, earlier on in chapter one, he says this. He says, and the church, verse chapter one, verse 23, and the church, speaking of us, is his body. Meaning you were never intended to be disconnected from church. Talking with a guy just the other day on the airplane, he goes, well, my church is, you know, in my home, in my living room. I go, that ain't church. It'd be a personal devotions, but Scripture shows us you were never created to be disconnected from the body. Even in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the fact, what good or what use is an ear if it's not connected to the body or the nose not connected? It says, it's of no use. You outside of the church family are of no use, so to speak, to God and his purposes and his plans, nor will you find fullness or completeness outside of it. And that sounds bold, but listen what Paul, he goes on, he says this, and the church is his body, it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere within himself. He says, you want to be full relationally? You want to be complete relationally? It's your relationship with Christ and your relationship with the body. And so I'm just going to make this bold statement. It'll be on the screen here is this. You can only be full and complete when you find yourself connected to God and his family. Maybe there's some people here today that walked into this place and you never had or have a personal relationship with Jesus. Fullness and completeness in life starts with completeness in him. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity, those that are watching online, those that are at North South, I'm gonna give you the opportunity at the end of the service to say, I'm gonna connect here and I'm gonna connect here so that I can begin this wonderful, beautiful relationship with God's family. So we realize that God himself created community and that you're made for community. Let me just, is it okay if we read some scriptures? Bible's okay to you guys? Three of you, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Ephesians 1, verse 5, the message paraphrase says this. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family, not add you to the church. He, He brought you into his family through Jesus Christ, what pleasure he took in planning this. This is a pleasurable thing for God to place you. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. I know when I came into church the very first time over 35 years ago, my wife and I, our marriage was on the rocks. We didn't know how to raise kids. We didn't know how to do marriage or life. I was strung out on a bunch of drugs and drinking, and we walked into a family that helped us, that prayed for us, that showed us how to parent, how to budget, how to do life, and I'm standing here today because I walked through this reality and allowed the family of God to be my helper. I think that's pretty cool. 
Thank you, Terry Edwards. Thank you, everybody at Church of Glad Tidings in South Lake Tahoe, California. How many, by the way, have ever been to Lake Tahoe before? You can see the glow around you. That's good. It's God's place. We love that place. Come on. Travis Day says amen. He was there. He's experienced the holy place of God. <laughs> Let me just stop and just, just think about this for a second. Let me put it in some practical context. As I look out in this room, I see people that understand that they were created for community. I think about Frankie sitting in the front row. Frankie, would you stand? Can I embarrass you? Come on, just stand. Come on. Let me, let me just say this. Frankie, I love you and appreciate you. You came in here just a few months ago. You came from Fresno, California, obviously made a God choice here to God's country. And you came here. And you decided to belong, not attend. You immediately jumped into belong. Didn't miss a beat. You begin to serve. You begin to help with Bridge City. I watch you every service, both services on Sunday morning. Come and serve. And I just watch the family around you. I'm watching you just in a matter of months thrive. It's because you're doing what God has in store for you. There's a place for you here. You're going to make a difference. You're significant in God. And I want to thank you for being such a great man. Put your hands together for Frankie. I love this man. Come on. Greg O'Neill. Come on, wave at me way in the back there, Greg. Man, I love you. This guy, this guy came into the church, did the same thing. Got into belong. He's back there right now just caring for you, serving you, wanting to make sure everything's being taken care of. Greg, I love you, man. You're a great leader. I watch what you're doing in GU as a connect group leader. You're a great man. Thank you for modeling to everybody how to belong. You're awesome. Put your hands together for Greg. I think of Rebecca Edie. Is Rebecca here this morning? I didn't tell her I was going to talk about her, but Re Rebecca lived down in California, and she was like many of you watching online, different parts of the world. She began to watch online. This became her family. She began to get prayer. She ended up moving here. She became a part of our church, immediately got involved, got uh, involved with Kathy and living with Kathy and started serving. She's part of our online community probably right now, typing to people all over the world. She understood what it meant. She's thriving as a result. Guys, come on. This is God's will and purpose for you and for me. We're not just created for community, but listen, when we get into it, we thrive. You come alive. Great things begin to happen in your life. I, I, I was reading this article, and it was talking about brain science. And it was written by a guy's name's Alan Shore, and he, he, he's at the UCLA School of Medicine. And he was, he, they were actually studying people that were in healthy, authentic relationships in community and those that were not. And they begin to just study their dysfunctions and their patterns of behavior, their happiness, their health. This is what his conclusion was after decades of studying people. He says this, the idea is that we are created to form attachments and that our brains are physically wired to develop in tandem with others through ongoing emotional and personal communication before words are even spoken. Health begins to happen at the very connection at the womb with the mother and with the surrounding family. 
He says, when relationships are healthy, what we're talking about here, there is an actual chemical balance that is created that prevents disorders, dysfunctions, and brings greater health and happiness in which you were created to experience. When you're alone, you begin to have different kinds of stress and enemy begins to pick on you. You begin to have wrong thoughts. You feel lonely. What he's saying is this, is that God's idea really works. I love it when science figures out what God has been saying all along. It, it, it just, it's something that we've got to get. It's something that we have to understand. See, see going back to Paul, he's, he's, he's writing to people like you and me. And he makes this statement. It's the next verse after our, our opening verse. In verse 17 through 20 of, of chapter 4, he says, So I tell you this, after he just talked about being joined together and equipped together and growing, he says, this is the goal. He says, I'm telling you this so that. Then he says, I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Stop thinking like the world. Stop behaving like the world. Stop thinking that what's out there is going to bring you fulfillment and happiness and joy and peace. He's saying, it's not going to bring that to you. What will bring it to you, he says, is what he said the verses before, and that's you being connected to your brothers and sisters and being connected to Christ in this thing called the family of God. And so with this, I I just want us to, to just stop and think about this. Think about City Bible Church, and I just, I just want us to just think about this for a second. We are community. Now listen, we're, we're, we're called the church, but really we're, we're a community of people that do life together, support each other and love each other and pray for each other, take care of each other. That's who we are. That's the kind of church I want to lead That's the kind of church we want to build, is that you know that we love you, we care for you, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter how deep your struggles, no matter how bad your mistakes, there is a place you can always call home. That's who we are. And so as we think about this, I just want to throw this last thought, and I want you to catch this because there's people in this room that fit all different parts of the spectrum, and I'm going to show you a diagram. There's four parts to this diagram, and you'll notice as it goes up on the screen that there's really two pieces. One would be called church-initiated community, and you'll see that on the right side of the screen. On the left side, you see this thing called individual-initiated There's things that we do as a church to assist you and help you to find community in hopes that you can find it personally and intimately on your own. So the first thing we have here is what's called public community. Right now we're experiencing that. You walked into the doors of this church 
North Sound, you walked into the doors of your church, and we're doing public community together. It kind of feels like this is home, and we feel welcome, and we're doing things together. Do you know that you can actually come into a service and experience community and never engage in community? You can never say hi to anybody. You can kind of come in and feel it. Boy, this place feels friendly, and you leave, and you never engaged. Listen, we want you to experience community here. This this is kind of the big family gathering. But listen, it's not the end goal. It's a means to an end. So we create things like connect groups, which today we're celebrating Connect Group Sunday. Why? Is because we want you to move from your seat into a place where there's actually now engagement. Guys, listen, it's a step towards having authentic relationship. You just can't come and attend and not have this, and have deep relationship. You've got to take a step into a connect group, into a place of serving, which we call our dream team. You've got to find a place where you move from Sunday morning experience into a group. This is called social community. This is now where you go from just kind of watching people do community, where now you have to do community. You're engaged. You're going to talk about the weather and how are you doing. Maybe you might pray together. You might look at the Bible together. But in both cases, it's church-initiated. We plan the program. Here's the time. Here's the location. You come. Can I just say this carefully? Even groups are not the end. They're a means to the end. They're a vehicle. If you just attend a group but you don't have relationship, you still haven't found what God is talking about. Here's the kicker, and this is for every person here, is you gotta move from the second one, if you could put up the second one, which is social, social, she's talking about groups, to this next one, and watch you cross the line into individual initiated. This is, this is where you say this, Hey, after Connect Group today, maybe after serving First Impressions, what are you doing for lunch today? Let's go hang out. Hey, why don't we go to a movie together? Invite some people over to come and hang out and watch the Warriors just crush everybody. Go Warriors. At least now, unless someone else wins, and then that will be my team. (laughs) But we got to go to this place where we do. Come on, guys, just stick with me. Just two more minutes. I'm almost done where we go to this place where we connect out of our heart and our desire to connect with each other. If you do that long enough, this is what happens. You move to this place called intimate community. This is where authentic relationships happen. I think of Dylan Jones and Kirsten Jones. They're they're a part of that piece for me. I think of Walter and Robin Madison. They're a part of that piece for me. We've done life together for decades. But listen, guys, it's taken decades to build it. If you want to thrive like God is talking about, it's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. And you've got to ask yourself the question as you look at this and you look at your life, are you going to say, is this it? Or is there more? Where do you fall in that diagram? Which part do you play? Is there room for you to make another step? Can I just double dog dare you, beseech you, beg you, please? 
to walk into God's purpose and plan for your life relationally, you won't be disappointed. Here's where the rubber hits the road. Today's Connect Group Sunday. You you, you don't have to get into a group, but we try to make it really easy. You're going to walk out, foyers filled with tables, all different kinds of groups. There's a little directory that you can pick up even to take home and to pray for. Do me a favor. If you're not in a group, get in one. If you don't like it, it's okay. Just try another one. You'll find a group that will work for you. We've got all different kinds of groups, men's, women, marriage, reach groups, international groups, generation groups, finance groups, quilting groups, guns for Jesus groups, I think. I mean, we just, we just got all kinds of groups. But listen, get in a group. Listen, if you can't, if you're already in one, do me a favor, invite someone. Maybe the person sitting next to you, just say, hey, why don't you come to, to my group with me? Maybe you could even lead one. We'd love for you to lead one. But here's my heart and desire. It's for you to figure out how to get in a group. Even those of you listening online, right below you right now, there's a Facebook group you can click on and you could be a part of our online community. We want you to experience community with people all over the world. Isn't that awesome? But here's the kicker. Guys, you you have to make the next step. Public, social, personal, intimate. How many think that that would be a good idea? Come on, wave at me if you think that's a good idea. That's awesome. Do me a favor, just bow your head, close your eyes, and we're done here. Jesus, I just come and I pray for this church family. I thank you for every person that is here today, those that are listening online. God, let them know that they matter to you. God, let them know that you have directed their steps to be a part of this family. And God, let them see that they will be full and complete, that they will thrive best when they truly give their whole heart to becoming a part of the family that you've created them to be a part, Lord. God, anybody out there that's lonely, that's hurting, God, come and comfort them today. Lord, anybody out there that's going through a challenge or a struggle, let them know that their family around them will help them if they would just express their need. And God, we're trusting you. God, we're believing you that this series, this message will go beyond being just another Sunday morning message. Lord, come on, God, help us to build a contagious community, Father, that will reach thousands for you. And one last thing, with every eye closed and every head bowed, If you walked in here this morning and maybe you've never connected yourself to Jesus, him being the head, we want to let you know that God loves you, God cares for you, God died for you, Jesus forgave you of your sins, no matter how bad, no matter how difficult your life is, he's here today to help you. But you've got to make the step. The Bible says that we all fall short of God's glory. We're all separated from God because of our sin nature. But if we make the step and say, God, I acknowledge my shortcomings. Would you forgive me? Would you come live inside of me? Would you be my Lord and my Savior? Listen, there's a supernatural encounter that happens. And the Bible says that he forgives you. He becomes your Lord and he becomes your Savior. I just want to let you know, if you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, or maybe you have, 
and you need to rededicate your life to Christ, would you do me a favor? Just while every head is bowed, eyes are closed, just lift your hand and wave at me. I'd like to pray for you today. Just lift your hand and say, today's my day. Come on, whoever you are, just put your hand up. Anybody at all, just lift their hand and say, I need today. Come on, anybody at all, just put your hand up. Thank you. Anybody online, just want to encourage you as well today. Thank you so much. Come on, just keep your hand up. We have a, a service host that want to put something in your hand. There's a hand back here. Guys, there's, there's, there's no reason. Again, all he's going to do when he catches you is love you. Come on, Jesus, right now. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Just real quickly, hand up. Put something in your hand, hand down. Anybody else at all? Those of the, you that are online, you can just click right on the screen there. and we'll, we'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. City Bible Church, would you, would you help me pray for these people that are asking Jesus into their heart? Lord, we thank you for every person here. God, for the first time that has asked you into their hearts. Father, we pray that you flood them with your Holy Spirit. God, you forgive them. God, you guide them and you direct them. God, let the rest of their days, God, be greater than the former. We love you and we praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Come on, church family, put your hands together for those that prayed that prayer for the very first time. We love you, we appreciate you. Hey, real quickly, if you got one of those purple books, there's a card in there. Would you mind filling that card out? As you leave, there's a little bucket there. You can put it in there, give it to one of the people at the tables. That would be awesome. For the rest of you, come on. How many can have a great day in the sun? Well, it's gonna be awesome. God bless you. Have a great day. If you need prayer, there's some people in the back can pray for you. Go and give them heaven. Have a great day.